0: This is The Relevant Podcast. It's Friday, October 9th, 2020, and it's The Relevant Podcast. In Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, is Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author, podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hello, guys. And from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. Let me hold something. Pim- All right. Now, we have a great show in store for you, and I'll <laughs> tell you about that in a minute. But I got, you know, everybody knows we're recording on Zoom. And in front of me right now is a grid of these wonderful people. I'm looking at the cast of The Relevant Podcast in their natural habitats. Have to comment before we get the show going, noticing two things about Jamie. Two things. First. Uh-oh. She's wearing big glasses today. I've never—have I ever seen you wear
1: glasses before? Well, I have these glasses. They're the blue blockers. You know, they're supposed to help me when I'm in front of my computer all day. But when I was in elementary school, I wore fake glasses for a long time. Anyone else? I did.
2: So, so are these like Russell Westbrook glasses with no lenses? Fake glasses? Are they the wrong prescription? Fake glasses? Like or? when I was
1: in elementary school?
2: Yeah, yeah. No,
1: I just got glasses that just had no prescription. I just I just wanted glasses so bad. This was before I had them obviously because yeah. then I got them and wish I didn't. Yeah, but I, was, I was I was young.
3: <laughs> I was legally blind in 3rd grade. <laughs> It's like I walking can't. with a limp, but your ankle no, doesn't no, hurt. You just want, guys,
1: It's a fashion statement. Yeah, the,
2: fashion like I statement. said, Russell Westbrook—he wears. I mean, he's the most fashionable man in in all, maybe all of American pro sports. Th- that's uh,
3: to be debated. That's to be debated. I'm gonna put Cam Newton how about, above P-P-P-J Russell. How, how, P.J. Tucker. <laughs> P.J. Tucker's probably
2: got the <laughs> the best vibe. But, how about most eccentrically dressed? I hey,
0: mean, hey, Cam has hey.
2: got the hat game and the scarves and ascots and stuff. Cam
3: Newton looked okay. like okay. a black auntie. <laughs> I, saying, well, I, I,
2: I, I don't feel like there's anything wrong with wearing glasses for fashion reasons. I know, I know, Jamie, you said these are blue blockers. But even if you were to say, you know, I just felt like going with glasses today. Like when Westbrook does it, he don't even wear lenses. Like it's just <laughs> frames and it's OK. And they're red and they're cool. They're they're very the, the stylistically. They're a lot like the ones you're wearing right now, Jamie. They just look cool. I totally get it. If I didn't here for it. It, it, my look changes dramatically as soon as I put glasses on. And that's why it, you know, I couldn't pull off the no lenses because no one would know. Because when, I feel like as soon as you put glasses on, you look about 20% more like intellectual, you know, right. mm-hmm. not necessarily 20% f- smarter. That is fact. But mine, for some reason, if I put glasses on, I go down about 25, 30% intellectual. <laughs> like uh, that's, that guy doesn't look right in glasses.
3: I've been wearing glasses prescription glasses since the first
1: grade. Mine first grade. And my it, eyes. And, it,
3: and it sucked because Steve Urkel was coming to um <laughs> his coming into his own family matters was a big thing. So literally I was Urkel all Aww. of elementary school. My my Sorry, son's Derek. been wearing glasses since he
0: was like four. Um my son too. I, I mine was college. I my eyes turned in college. Like I remember looking a... I remember I went to this one bennigans all the time. And I remember Looking at the sign on the building across the street, and it was blurry, and I was like, "That's that's new," and uh, so I went and got my eyes checked. And sure enough, apparently,
2: it turns out trees have leaves. I just thought they were just kind of <laughs> soft little green balls. Okay, I I, I would say this: the other the other place that's acceptable to wear prescription eye, or or eyewear that's non prescription is if you go play pickup basketball and here's why anyone that's wearing goggles, anyone that's wearing goggles or glasses with like a, that kind of strap in the back that hold them on your face. People know if that guy's on the court, yeah. Give him room because it's all <laughs> elbows and knees. That guy all is ga- that guy is gonna lay out. You know, if a ball is just barely, you know, it's, it's probably going out of You know he's diving straight up into the rec center bleachers to throw <laughs> yeah. back onto the court. You know that guy's taking cheap shots, that guy's mixing things up. It sends a clear message. You don't need you don't need to like wear them for eye protection. You just need to send it a message to the court like, I'm just letting you guys know. You you get down on the block with me. Things are going to get dirty. Someone's walking out of here with a bloody nose. He,
0: you know, he's wearing those because he's been poked in the eye from all his tussles. You know, they're probably not in prescription. He leads
2: <laughs> right. face first. Yeah. <laughs> he, gets into, he gets into tussles face first. It's a very <laughs> bold strategy.
3: And I also say he's wearing every headband and wristband oh, you can find. 100%. <laughs> every last one. If
2: you see, if you're playing any pickup sport, this goes flag football, this goes, uh, uh, pick a basketball softball. This is a big rule in softball. Yeah. If any player out there has more than two braces on like one knee, one elbow, two <laughs> knees is the worst sign. Like yeah. that guy's going hard, way too hard. There's a reason they got two braces on. They're yeah. coming sliding head first. And you know, the, the, catcher, the, the catcher is standing there over the plate. They're blowing them up. Just blowing, like totally uncalled for. Like, it's like the old deacon from the church in the church league playing catcher and all of a sudden the 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 maniac you know millennial pastor wearing two knee braces and an elbow pad comes round in third drops the shoulder and just lays out old deacon that's how you play if the guy with multiple braces is coming down the pipe just give him real get out of the way it's
3: funny you said that because there was this guy on my basketball team big white guy he looked like he had failed maybe three grades and he had he had two knee braces and they literally just put him into foul. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like that, it was to foul and get rebounds. That was his job. Don't, don't shoot. Don't do nothing. Just foul the best player on the team. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, that's crazy. You said well it's true.
2: And that, you know, if I was a coach, I would say, "Go, go, Oser, tag that guy. Just Oser, tag him right now." And just like Greg Oser, tag giant white guy body, just nailing everybody in the lane. All right, you're good. Come on out. We'll wait. We'll wait to send you back. It's basically the the basketball or equivalent of a hockey goon. You know, it's literally
3: his job. That's yeah. crazy. All right. Well, the second
0: thing that I'm noticing about Jamie by looking at the Zoom grid here is you're a little pixelated. So it got the big glasses, but you're a little pixelated. I'm wondering if you need to roll the shed a little bit closer to the main house where the router is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Move the whole tiny house.
2: Yeah. Jamie, that's, my, that's my tech can, advice. Can, can I ask you a question about the, the studio tiny house? Because I think it's incredible. And it looks it's awesome. incredible. It's incredible. She's got a studio shed. It, it is, is awesome. It, was it custom built or did you have a trailer and you guys kind of like, what was it? Was it the original intention of the tiny house to be a tiny house or did you retrofit like a pre-existing kind of structure?
1: It was an original tiny house. We bought it as is okay. from a tiny house company.
2: Okay, cool. Cause I have a backyard shed, old school style, concrete slab, you know, nothing fancy. Uh, uh-huh. Right now it, it just holds like pool floats and Christmas lights and, And for some reason, it's terrifying to go into. Like, it's absolutely (laughs) terrifying. (laughs) And and, But I had somebody on Facebook, you know, during quarantine, a lot of people are trying to figure out the virtual thing and, you know, recording podcasts all the time and doing stuff like that. It's like, dude, that setup would be really cool, you know, to have like that. So I went out to the shed the other day just to kind of be like, what would I be in for? Just hypothetically, if I were to go like she shed, you know, uh, home office. She shed he shed in your situation. Be, yeah. But I, you know, she sheds are just way nicer than he sheds. Yeah, a lot he, more pillows. He sheds. A sheds lot are more what a, pillows. He, he sheds are what I currently have, which is basically right. the scary, dark, holding the pool toys and the Christmas lights. It, 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 basically a breeding ground for murder hor- hornets. And, and so, so I went in there. So I went like, they're wondering where the murder hornets came from. There's too many he sheds around that are just mutating crazy hornets. But so I went in there to scope it out and I was like, I think I, you know, who knows? I'm, you know, I don't do a little chip gains in here. And all of a sudden in the corner, I see a gigantic hornet's nest. Okay. And this, it, mm. it, 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 it caused an issue because like, I've realized like we, we have very few options that are, that are off the shelf to take care of a problem like this. Like I went to the hardware store and I bought this spray. Right. And you spray it mm. into the hornet's nest and it's supposed to kill them all, right? And so, mm-hmm. but in my mind, I'm like, look, if I just go in there, my aim has to be pretty, what if they start flying out? Am I going to zap them out of the sky? Right. Like, how yes. long does it take to kill them? Like, is it instantaneous if they just- it depends
0: grit- on the brand. I, as a Floridian, yeah. you know, hornets are pretty much everywhere. Well, but like, yeah, it depends on the brand. Some of them are like, boom, done. And then well, some of them are like, they look at you. And they're wet, and yeah. they're mad, yeah. And then you, they come after you,
2: you yeah. You yeah. quite literally kick the hornet's nest, and so I'm like, yeah. all right, I'm going to go to the back of that shed, and I, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to start spraying, and they have me trapped in their lair, and I'm going to be tangled in Christmas <laughs> lights, just getting stung. You know, and, and, yeah. you know that's the dangers of the heat shed. So I had to like clear a path, and I did. I did a lot of premeditation. You know, like, okay, I'm going to, and I rehearse it a couple of times. I'll spray, turn this way, jump over that bin through the gate because I'll look, what if they just chase me? How, let me say this they do chase you and they chase you a long time. It's not like I'll just run out in the yard and they'll stop chasing me. I'm running down the block with hornets, you know, just firing blindly the spray. There's gotta be a better way. They have to like, I'm going to shark tank this. Okay. Like there's gotta be some like bowl or something that you just place it over, place it over the hornet's nest and hit a button and it just like kind of gases them or something. Mm -mm. The spray is terrible. Mm -mm. All you're doing is irritating them. What there's gotta Mm -mm. be Guys, are, am I, am I there wrong? should be
1: a trap or something. Like, make a trap where they fly into it, and then it's like it traps uh, them in there.
3: And you want to know, know? what's worse than spray? Is you trying to wrap a bowl around a hornet's nest? That's, <laughs> yeah, that's worst, good. That's about the worst. I'm workshopping here, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, hey, hey, that that is death. All right, is hey, what hey is. Derek.
2: This goes to everyone except for you. I'm willing to. Okay. I'm willing to offer a twenty percent equity stake in my company for an investment of fifteen thousand dollars in contact with a cool bowl guy.
3: The hornet death, the death uh, bowl is what you I'm, call out. It. I'm out. I,
2: I, In Florida,
0: they'll they'll go up in our like the eaves of the house, you know, yeah. like like in uh-huh. the beginning of the summer and stuff like that. And kind of, I need to go around the house and zap them all. There are brands, Jesse, that it's just like instant. I mean, boom, boom, they just drop to the ground. Yeah, and you're good. But the worst is like the ones that are like really high up, and you got to get like under it. And you're spraying and then like all mm. the poison is just raining
2: back down <laughs> on you. Um,
1: like you would have been better off to just get stung. Yeah. Because now you just
2: are poisoned. <laughs> <I'm> just <laughs> <drenched in> poison. <laughs> I had toxic poison in my eyes. No, I yes. next time I'm going to fill like an old super soaker, like the squirt guns and yeah, just go, go in and just go in like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger in commando. Just ah! just spraying the whole shed, you know? <laughs> I think so are, you gonna,
0: are you going to renovate it? Are you going to insulate and put in floors and lights? Oh, and- no,
2: no, no. There's hornets in there. Heck no.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, you can get them out.
2: Do <laughs> you not know, just hear me say there's hornets? And I don't think I got yeah, them I would yeah. I would
0: take on that project.
2: I like stuff have, like we that. We have
1: a salt gun in our Have you all ever had a, a salt, salt gun for flies? Gun?
0: No. Salt. I've, S-A-L-T. Heard of, I've heard of those. Yeah. I've heard of I've potato heard of guns.
1: Those. So we have I've a heard salt, of salt guns. It sounds like an assault. It's S A L T. I'm gonna send y'all a picture after the show. It's in our house. We use it for flies. If a fly gets in, you take that. But uh, my children has have also used it on each other, and it'll leave a massive whelp to get shot. Dude, I'm gonna buy
2: a salt gun right now because it sounds amazing. (laughs) I made when I was a kid. My buddy down the street he was into like science and stuff and I was into mischief. And so yeah. we combined our forces <laughs> and, he, oh, no. and this was like early, this was like early on in the internet, uh, you know, this was dial up time. And of course we were like, Hey dude, you, you know, cause at that time, you know, when you're a kid, you just hear about stuff. You don't really even know, you know? And so the, I feel like people don't realize what it's like to not just be able to Google anything you want. But we're like, dude, we were potato guns are like really cool. And I, have you guys ever played with a potato gun? no it nah bro it, it is shocking how powerful this is so like it, it's really easy to create so you have a peasy a PVC pipe and you cap one end and I'm trying to remember all the steps again again my nerdy science uh, friend did all the hard work I test. Shot it. And so you make it, you cap a PVC pipe on one end, you got to have a hole for like a spark plug. So you pull a a trigger and it sends a spark. You just spray a whole bunch of hairspray in there and jam a potato or something in the end. (laughs) The first shot was against like a chimney just to see like there. And we shot, it wasn't a potato, it was just some vegetable obliterate, like there was nothing left of this vegetable. Like if you were to shoot a human with it, it, it would be the worst way to die. Everybody would be potentially fatal uh, potato uh, uh, shot. We shot one just in the air just to see what and it was a very heavily suburban. I lost sight. It was gone. It was gone. Somewhere <laughs> that potato landed. Potato guns in, in I, orbit. I, yeah, I, I'm just saying right now. Even as an adult, it's making me want to rebuild a potato gun, and it solves my hornet problem. I'll just go in the corner and just. There will not be a, <laughs> a hornet left after I blast them with a giant potato <laughs> nah, at five hundred feet. You just to have a bunch second. of
3: pissed off hornets that you blew their nest up. <laughs> 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 then they're, they're gonna run after you did the, 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 john, the john wick of hornets my
0: only <laughs> reference to a potato gun is the office where yeah. it was like that security f- or the fight happened or whatever and they talked to dwight afterwards and he's like you know the security of this office is a joke i come into my desk every day w- carrying a potato gun and i'm um, you know imagine if i was deranged you yeah.
2: know? <laughs> but, I- i'm you telling know. you they are Insanely powerful and awesome, I, I Cameron. That's a, it'd be a great project for you and Cohen. You'd easily blast it across the entire lake. I'm no lie. Like and you said, it's hairspray. Hairspray. I mean, when I was a kid, that's what we. That's what we did. And a spark. All you need is hairspray, a spark plug, and a, and a PVC pipe, and some oh potatoes. Gosh, and dude, it sounds, like a terrible sounds like a terrible idea. idea. <laughs> all
0: right, we'll move the show along. Uh, coming up later, we talk to pastor, author, leader of men. Uh, one of my heroes and mentors, Rick Warren. Uh, it's a it's a crazy season right now. Uh, you know, people are up in arms about politics. Obviously, all the unrest in our country, COVID, and we thought who better to talk to than Pastor Rick? Uh, he's mm-hmm. one of the wisest Christian leaders I know, and is usually. Um, a calming voice in the middle of a storm. So that's coming up later. What's interesting is you're going to hear about 10 minutes of it. I think we're going to play mainly the clip talking about the election, but there's so much more that we covered from the, from racial justice to COVID and the church. Um, Clark and I are working it out. I'm thinking we might do a special one-off, bring it back for one time, first time in a year, episode of unedited. And run the full forty-five minute conversation for you guys. It's worth listening to. It's going to challenge you, minister to you. It's really unreal. So you're going to hear part of that coming up later. But uh, we're going to do some more with it, and we'll 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 let you know. Follow us on social. We'll we'll tell you about it. All right. Well, stay tuned. Up next, it's the Hot List. <laughs> to Dreamer Boy. Song is Know You. Well, this episode is brought to you by Samaritan Ministries. Uh, let's be honest, talking about health insurance is not something anyone really likes to do. It can be confusing with lots of jargon. Plus, who really knows what's, what it's actually going to take care of? That's why Samaritan Ministries is a health care option you should consider. It's not insurance. It's Christians sharing health care costs and encouraging one another when there's a medical need. Here's how it works. You choose your healthcare provider. Medical bills are sent to Samaritan Ministries. They notify members to pray and send you money for your shareable bills. The money received is used to pay your medical bills. Healthcare sharing is biblical and affordable. Samaritan members directly share healthcare costs with other members, and the cost for an individual can be as low as $75 a month. You can join Samaritan Ministries any time of year. Why not today? Samaritan members know that when an illness or injury happens, fellow members are there to support them. Learn more at SamaritanMinistries.org slash relevant podcast. That's a long one. SamaritanMinistries.org slash relevant podcast. All right. Well, it's time that we welcome to the show our senior editor, Tyler Huckabee, to bring us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture. Now, before we play the jingle, I want to tell you some news. This is the last hot list. Oh, if wow. you notice on the site, this week we launched a new video and podcast series, Relevant News. Mm-hmm. So Relevant Daily has mm-hmm. evolved to Relevant News and it's now in video, it's on our YouTube, it's on Facebook and all the other things. And we thought in this evolution where we're covering what's happening today, Relevant News, pun intended, this is Relevant News, um, that this segment should probably fall in line with that and connect a little more deeply. We thought it was weird this year when we did the jingle. It was, it was silly news. It was like, this is some funny, cool stuff that's happening. Not exactly the vibe for 2020. Right. Uh So it was really weird that we would be like, Hey everybody, the hot list it's sizzling. And then like a pastor died, you know, like, it's just like, Oh man. And not, not a good vibe.
5: It's a a rebrand. So
0: next week we're going to do this pretty much same segment but we're going to have a new name, a new little opener that for is, it. It
3: is crazy. We've been having to do some crazy pivots from that jingle. Yeah, that's <laughs> <true>. <laughs> It's like this happy jingle comes in. It's like, hey, guys, the whole world exploded. And like, it's the hot list,
2: hot list sizzling. And now up, a mega church pastor is in prison. What are
6: you? <laughs>
2: <doing>? <laughs> All right. Here it is for the
0: last time. It's time for...
4: It's the hot list. The heartless.
5: It's Sisland. All right. What do you have, Tyler? The first thing I wanted to talk about today, this has come up a few times, but the, the day is finally upon Friday, is the day that a movie we've had our eye on for a long time, Faith Based, is finally going to be available on demand for people. This is, of course, the story of, of two lovable losers who hatched a plan to make a quick buck off of Christians when they realized that making a successful Christian movie doesn't require you to be much of a Christian or even much of a filmmaker. Uh, so faith-based stars Luke Barnett, Tan- Tanner Thomason, Margaret Cho, David Cochner, Lance Reddick, Jason Alexander. Uh, we checked out the trailer a couple weeks back and it's a real hoot. Uh, we watch our our heroes Luke and Tanner try to figure out how to make their movie called A Prayer in Space, which is a movie about the first prayer to ever be prayed in outer space. Uh, I got a chance to to see the movie and talk to a couple of the people involved. And I wanted to play you a clip of a conversation I had here. This is a conversation I had with a guy named Vince Michelli. He co-wrote this and directed the movie. And uh, we talked a little bit about Jesse. I think you probably remember the conversation that happened early on when the movie was announced when it made an appearance on Fox and Friends. And based on the the one sentence teaser of what this movie was about, I would say Fox and friends was less than excited about uh, the, the movie. Yeah,
2: because the movie is an attack on the very fundamentals that our founding fathers they guaranteed us. We would not be made fun of, Tyler. Christians will not be made fun of. That's part of the Constitution, man. There's a war! Someone made a joke about...
0: Jesus no. said you will be hated, you'll be persecuted, mm-hmm. but nobody will make fun of you.
2: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but that's off limits. Yeah. Maybe because, Tyler, th- th- their background is that both of them, from my understanding, or or at least one of the filmmakers, uh, uh, you you can correct me if I'm wrong, grew up in the church and actually is pretty fond. You know, it has, you know, a a very kind of nuanced, interesting relationship with faith and Christianity itself. But it's more of Christians who uh you, you know, at sometimes profiteer off of off of you, you know, kind of people with their church. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
5: Well, yeah, yeah. And that's sort of the well, you're you're getting ahead of me, Jesse. Oh, I'm but sorry, I'm we'll, sorry. we'll go ahead. Mm. Uh I asked I asked Vince uh what he would tell the cast of Fox if they if they which they have not yet asked him on to share his side of the story. And uh, I
6: thought his answer was interesting. Here's what he said. If I was to go on Fox Fox or Fox and Friends or talk to anybody at Breitbart, I think the first thing I'd want to say is, have you guys seen the movie? Um, and if you have, what do you have to say now? Because I think uh, I think they'd be eating their words a little bit um, just because they, you know, it's clear that they just wanted a clickbaity headline. And, and if you go into the comment threads of any of those articles, you can see exactly what they wanted to do because the comments are even worse than the articles and that's, they just wanted people to kind of be up in arms about, you know, some liberal Hollywood hacks bashing Christianity, which is like, yeah, which is like not at all what we were doing in the movie that we had no desire to do that. Um, we just kind of wanted to comment on, uh, you know, it, we really wanted to comment on faith-based films and, that the culture around that and really more, if you've seen the movie, we're really like um, talking more about a couple guys trying to find their purpose and making fun of anyone who believes in anything blindly is kind of the biggest stab we take at anything. Um, and that should be pretty straightforward. Nobody should be upset by that.
0: <laughs> Tyler a question. Uh, so, so yeah. George Costanza is in it.
5: uh, right. uh uh, who's the guy, um, uh, you'll, you'll see Lance Reddick. If you're, if you've seen the John Wick movies, Lance Reddick runs that. Well, he's on in the wire, obviously, but he also is in charge of the hotel that John Wick goes to, uh, yeah. he, mm-hmm. and, and who watches mm-hmm. the dog. He's, he's a great actor. It's cool to the, see the road
0: salesman is. from the office. What's his name? Oh, David Cocter. Yeah. No, yeah, what's the character? Yeah.
5: Well, the guy's name, uh, um, uh,
3: Bob
0: Vance. Oh, what is, is it? That him? No, that's Vance Refrigeration. Vance. Oh, yeah. uh, Todd I'm
3: blanking. Jim's like Todd Who Packer two thumbs and Todd, Todd Packer. Todd Packer.
2: Todd Packer. Todd Packer. That's it. Yeah, yeah. it's Todd yeah. Packer. Yeah, Todd Packer is in it. I'm I'm going to be honest. Uh, when. I stopped listening to that clip almost immediately. I've made up my mind about this, <laughs> this latest export from Hollyweird. <laughs> no.
0: That's what's so infuriating about certain parts of media. It's like they're commenting and upset about something they mm-hmm. haven't even seen. It's mm-hmm. just like, come on, engage it thoughtfully have commentary. Now, Tyler, you've seen it. Is it funny?
5: Is it good? I would, so I, I'm, we're going to give a, we'll do a full review on the site. We will, All uh, right. we'll, we'll give you the full. So I want to, I want to tease it. I want to say the, the here, here's, here's the one thing that I'll tease about it that I'm willing to say right now is that I, I, there, there is a scene in which everybody goes to a, a, a very, uh, a, a, a very great satire of, a, of like a hip, cool white church out on the West coast in which they sing a, a made up praise and worship song that will apparently, was written by a comedy troupe out there and i thought i was going to lose my mind it, mm. the the scene is is worth the price of admittance by itself that's all i'll say for the time being but i would definitely recommend it uh if nothing i'm told there's actually maybe going to be a music video released independently for just that uh and so if that it comes out then we'll absolutely have it on the site all right what else you got um, so, this other, so there was a new study that came out from the folks over at LifeWay that had a lot of interesting things to it, but I really wanted to focus in on just one part of it. Uh, LifeWay research, uh, doing some polling about the upcoming election here, trying to find out where Christians are going to vote. Not a whole lot of surprises. Um, the majority of Christians, especially white evangelicals, still very much in the tank for the president. Uh, a few more evangelicals planning on voting for Biden than were planning on voting for Hillary Clinton at this the same point in 2016. 2016 is in 2020, but but not a whole lot of surprises by my lights in there. One thing that I did find interesting that I wanted to get you all's take on was the question they asked about who you hope your presidential vote benefits? In other words, when you vote, who are you voting for, what, what, and what, where are you thinking this vote is going to be helpful for? Like, like, um, are you and,
0: hoping that the the administration will affect the greater good, or you right. personally, the sort nation, of yeah, yeah. your family? Your, are you thinking about the next generation with
5: like social security, and exactly all that? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. future, gotcha. the environment, right, whatever? Right. So this is all all that Lifeway covered. with this particular question was about you. U.S. voters with evangelical beliefs, right? So they these are people who affirm the the four tenets of evangelicalism as Lifeway defines them. Of these, the overwhelming majority, forty-one percent, say that. Well, 40, the majority forty-one is not a majority. Sorry, the let me say the the largest chunk of the poll, ah. the largest section, the the overwhelmingly largest section at forty-one percent, uh, says people nationwide who are like me. In other words, when these people vote, they are thinking in terms of how is this going to benefit people like me? 20% uh, say me and my family. So all told, that's 61% who primarily are thinking in terms of themselves, their family and other people like them. You have 15% who say people, our country has failed Uh, 9% who are thinking in terms of people nationwide who are different from me. Uh, And 8% are thinking in terms of people in my community. Uh, So not just me and people who are like me, but people in my local level. And then 7% say they're not sure. I don't know about you guys, but for me, that kind of helps a lot of things click into place and got me reflecting on my own vote and and how I'm thinking there. 61% of
0: Christians,
5: evangelicals. Say that they're basically voting
0: to benefit themselves.
5: Yeah. Wow. Not thinking in terms of people who maybe have been left behind by the country or even just people who aren't like them. There's a very clear dividing line there.
1: It's like sad, but not surprising. You know, there's a lot of rhetoric about like, you know, we're going to lose things and things are going to be taken away. And we've got to stand for what is ours instead of, you know, the like what, 14 percent who said they're voting for. Somewhat, or the people that our country has left behind. Um, I think it's a sad, mm-hmm. sad reality. But I also think that those people will be like, "Well, what's wrong with that? Like, there's nothing wrong. This is what I get to do."
3: Sure, sure. I, th- I don't think that's like for me. I'm like, yeah. I mean, I, that that is America, though, right? I mean, I mean, think. I think we have to come to gr- maybe I've just come to grips with that a little earlier. But it's mm-hmm. like this isn't surprising. I don't know if it's even sad because I'm just kind of like, yeah, America is about go get yours for yourself. It's not about go get, go help people. Yeah. Like it's You you
0: and your tribe benefiting.
6: That's uh, it. It's that majority
0: yeah. versus minority mindset. It's not the that's, greater, it, it's not others. It's about how I can protect what I have. And
3: any moment you start talking about helping others that are less fortunate, then now they throw the socialism tag on you. Right. Like, so like that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's like the idea of saying, "Hey, we should help these people because they're underrepresented in our country or and and usually when they are represented, they're represented in a bad way. It's like, but that's socialism,
0: and I don't know if it'll make this you know, the I, I, edit I, 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 on that. this, but that's something Rick Warren talked about that he said i was it wasn't it wasn't until after I had gone to two Christian universities and seminaries that I realized that the bible. Talked about the poor over a thousand times, mm-hmm. and 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 like I had to like learn the theology that that the Bible actually advocates for is that we are supposed to be selflessly living for others, and that's what the Christian life is about. A thousand verses about the poor, and so he his whole life has been how do we help lift people systemically out of those patterns? How right. do we you know like so it's 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 transformative to your worldview if you actually read the Bible
2: and apply it to well, politics. Well, what about well, okay, the famous okay. verse, what, what about the famous verse, God helps those who help themselves? I mean, <laughs> I've, been, exactly. I've been framing much of my behavior out of the understanding that that was in the Bible. Wait, you know, I mean, it's it is like- nowhere to be found. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
5: I don't know about you all, but a lot of, in, my, in my own biblical, in my Bible college, there was a lot of, I don't think they would say it quite like this, but there was a lot of kind of implied references Well, he meant like poor as a state of mind, like not like financially poor, but like (laughs) spiritually poor. Yeah, it was like, like, you know, we don't think about like it it was it was the idea was that it was sort of they had a poor energy to them. I don't know what the humble or not proud. It it was you have to do a lot of dancing. You know, a, to live the, the American dream
3: and take those verses seriously. You have to jump around a lot. The hmm. crazy part about the Bible, and I'm—I'll tell you for one, I'm not a socialist. Like I'm not a socialist. Yeah, I, you're an entrepreneur mogul. Yeah, you're there's no socialist. way I could. Be, there's no way I could be a socialist and do what I do. But if you look at the scriptures and look at like people would call Jesus or even the most high, they would call Yahweh a socialist. Because, I mean, even when you look at laws that that would say you couldn't reap off of the edges of your field, you had to leave the edges of your field for the poor and for the traveler. People in America, if you were to tell people that, hey, you you can't, make as much money as you want. You have to take a certain amount of it and set it aside for people that are traveling and that people that are poor, they will call you a socialist. But that, I mean, like, that's literally a biblical scripture and a system that the Lord has set up. You when know
0: we, we talk about the immigration debate, that's the thing that baffles me. It's like this, like nationalism walls up. Don't let people in. But the Bible talks about give 10% of your crop, 10% of your land to, to aliens, to the immigrants Absolutely. come passing Absolutely. through. It's like, how do you rectify that? I mean, this is your religion. This is your, your, your scripture. Your and, and then you're <laughs> building walls around your land. I mean, it's like, it yeah.
3: doesn't make sense. Absolutely. It was it's poor so, as started state of, of mind. Up. No, nah, that's that's a physical. That's a, that's <laughs> hilarious. That's actually disgusting because I'm like, you can't be that smart and read the Bible as much as these people do and come to that conclusion without having a ulterior motive, like without yeah. greed yeah. sucking away at the truth. Because like, that's a very physical thing to tell someone, like, hey. And also saying you have to let your crops rest for a year. You can put plant crops for six years, but for one year, you have to let whatever grows out of that field grow and anyone can come to that field and get what they want. Like they would, Americans would call that socialism, but that was laws that were set up by God himself. So I'm like, you would literally call God, the idea that God is a capitalist Is in a lot of Christians mind. And I'm like, that's not true. Capitalism is something that we do as Americans, but that's not a a, a God thing.
2: Hmm. There's a lot of, you know, things that um, that is going to be would be very uh, troubling if you tried to, well, one, I think, you know, kind of these broad political and economic terms, um, you know, like socialism or capitalism or, 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 you know, there's more nuance, you know, there's hybrids of everything when it comes to services that, you know, governments provide to people and, and where does, you know, a line between these terms come. But if, if, you know, people were serious about, um, applying what the Bible says to everyday American life, there is some incredible, incredibly difficult ver- uh, Exodus. If you lend money to any of my people uh, who is poor, you shall not uh, be like a money money lender to them, and you shall not uh, exact interest from them. The Bible has mm-hmm. multiple, I think, probably over a dozen verses about interest and mm-hmm. not charging people interest. I mean, the the entire. The, the entire framework of our economic system is based on a principle that the Bible says not to do. Now, am I saying, look, I, I, I you, I'm not, I'm not against like finance or, or credit cards or what? But I am saying, how seriously do we want to take the Bible here? Because if we want to go down that path, you know, it it has some some serious implications for. The, the 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 social economic and political system that that we've established now it's what we mean when we say the bible transcends politics right, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we mean right.
5: that there's you can find elements of 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 socialism of capital of whatever you want because but it's not it's not in the middle it's it, it transcends it's above all of these and and that's why people who say they follow the bible should do the same thing while being fully aware that we live in a world that just isn't going to always play by those rules and that's okay they don't have to they why would they? Uh, but we do. We should.
3: Yeah, I, I think what I think the problem is because a lot of Christians don't study the Old Testament. Like what Paul says is, uh, Paul says that the uh, the law, Moses's law, is a schoolmaster. An idea of it teaches us how to understand who God is, his character, what he likes, what he hates. And when you start to study that through a cultural lens, you realize that the Lord love, like we say this all the time when we think of Jesus is how much the Lord loves us. He sent his son to die on a cross. We don't think about how much the Lord loves us. That when you look through the old Testament, most of the old Testament is about him loving his people in spite of them, not loving him. Like, He set up laws for a nation that was like, yo, don't just take advantage of the poor. Don't hold debts over people's head longer than seven years. Like, think about that. Like, think about if after seven years, all of us were freed from our debts. What that would do would do one of two things. One, people wouldn't run the debt up so high on you because they know they couldn't keep you for an eternity. So they'd give you a fair price for what you're supposed to pay for. And then number two, you would know if you made a bad decision, you wouldn't be stuck in that decision for the rest of your life. Like just basic things like that. Like when you look at it, it's like, wow, like the Lord really does care about us. And it's not just on a spiritual level. It's actually on a human level. And I think if we got back to, to that, which is, okay, okay, yeah, I could definitely charge somebody triple what this is worth, and they may be dumb enough to take it, but the Lord's character would say, I shouldn't do that, and I should deal with people in equal weights. And I think Christians have, in today's society, we've put so much effort into politics and financial gain, that we've missed the most important thing of what Jesus actually came for, and that's people.
0: I wonder if the seven-year forgive debt thing is why your credit score goes up after seven years. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Cause like, it's like so. you have a bankruptcy or you have a bad something on your credit mm-hmm. report, seven years later it's just gone. So
2: it's yeah. scriptural. You're a Jubilee. Yeah. Yeah. You're a
3: Jubilee.
5: All right, Tyler, what's the last thing? One last story. And this is a weird one. This is get, We're going to get a little bit relevant after dark here. So
3: so put the kids mm. to bed. Mm. <laughs> it's the hot list. It's the hot list. We got to set the hot list off with a bang. <laughs> <it's, laughs> right. I'm going
5: to I'm going to read this story. And, and this caused some chatter on, on our site. When when I posted this yesterday, I wasn't even sure I was going to post it, but, but <laughs> glad I did. But here we are gonna are? talk about the the upcoming, uh, as you, you may have heard, Amazon Prime is working on their own TV series on Lord of the Rings. This is going to be the most expensive TV show ever made. They bought the rights, just the rights, just the, to be legally able to make it. Two hundred fifty million dollars. So Let's this go. show, this show Let's is going to go. be
3: less before go. any production. That
5: nothing, nothing. Nothing besides that's just to sign the dotted line. It's 250 minutes. So they're, so they're working on it, right? So we got, so this, this show is in the works. They're filming it right now in New Zealand. And there's been some, some new reports (laughs) that suggest this is not going to be, this is not going to be your grandma's Lord of the Rings. All right. This is not going to be your J.R.R. Tolkien. Your pastor is not going to be one to pull a lot of metaphors out of this one for his Sunday morning series. And I'll tell you why, because this Lord of the Rings is going to feature nude scenes and possibly sex scenes Based on some, some fan sleuthing information, uh, a Lord of the Rings fan site found some casting calls stipulating that actors who've been cast should be comfortable with nudity. Uh, different casting calls said they will need nude people, age 18 plus, all shapes and sizes, because, you know, dwarves and elves and hobbits, there's all shapes and sizes uh. in Middle Earth. <laughs> and, uh, and they've also hired an intimacy coordinator. This is sort of a new uh, job it's, in it's Hollywood, a, a, a post Me Too era job where they bring in an intimacy coordinator to make sure that uh, people on set aren't being forced by filmmakers okay, to it. do anything they're not comfortable doing, not anything that's outside of their contract, that they're that they feel safe with whatever scenes they're being asked to do, particularly intimate ones. So that's the situation. It's like Game on of the Thrones Lord of the Rings show. Up Game and of and Thrones. You meets might imagine. Lord of the Rings,
3: yeah. So you telling me they're gonna smut out the Lord of the Rings? Is what you're yeah, telling yeah, me. This, this gonna do is it. gonna be, so this is gonna of be Lord of the Rings after dark. But is dark. any
1: of that? I've never um, read the book, so I'm I'm out here. But is in? Is there any kind of scenes like that in the book?
5: I would say the book is like the least horny thing I've ever
4: read. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I think. I, I, in fact, I actually think it does the opposite. I think anyone that you know maybe. Uh, uh, you know, feeling a certain way, they could read that and those feelings just evaporate. And, and they're also, I think they, all, the weird thing is, they also, a lot of times when you see someone reading Lord of the Rings, it repels intimacy. Like, oh, <laughs> oh you're into that? Come no, man. I'm
5: going
1: to have all my, I'm gonna get my high school boys reading this then if that's what's going to do.
0: Yeah. Guys, so what we're we not we going to do.
5: We're not going to do what we just accused Fox and Friends of doing. We're not going to like level judgment ah, on a yeah, show yeah. we haven't, I'm haven't seen, right? I'm we're doing be it.
2: careful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to level. It's
5: a weird choice. Tyler, I will not choice. level a
2: judgment, but I will continue to make jo- jokes because Sex and the Lord of the Rings <laughs> is funny. It's just, <laughs> it's just because it's my precious. Oh.
1: <laughs> I'm actually a little surprised about this though, because if this is like. Like families read this book together. And so yeah. then it makes yeah. it uncomfortable and awkward that mom and dad are like, well, we actually can't watch this now. I know we read the book and it's like a classic. But now
3: there's nudity. Just um, just imagine the first scene. We're in New Zealand. Oh, no. The rolling hills, Here the rolling hills of New Here Zealand coming. Beautiful. And then it pans up from the bottom and it's just a big orc booty on the screen. <laughs> like just imagine that, dog. Like that just I'm like I'm gonna watch it anyway, just cause I watched Game of Thrones. So I can you know what I'm saying. But I'm just not trying to see no orc in elf booty, bro. Like that's just not the thing for me. I mean, oh, you man. know, that's just not it. Well, you
0: did go out with the sizzling hot list, uh, Tyler. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's yeah. It. it
5: took it took the entirety of us having that jingle for us to get something <laughs> that was appropriate right. <laughs> for it. But we got it. <laughs> okay, play it, Clark. For the last time, that was. It's the
3: Orc booty. The Orc booty. <laughs>
5: it's just...
0: oh. Orc booty. Oh man! All right, thanks, Tyler. Stay tuned. Up next, Rick Warren joins us. You're listening to Shamir. The song is Other Side. Well, this episode is also brought to you by Bombus. Bombus makes the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. It's a true statement. They've reimagined every little detail of the socks we wear every day to make them way more comfortable. I wear them every day if I wear socks. They have a variety of styles to choose from, and the material is amazing, and they go beyond the purpose of just keeping your feet cozy. For every pair of socks you purchase, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. The generosity of Bombas customers has allowed them to donate over 34 million pairs of socks and counting through their nationwide network of over 3,000 giving partners. To those experiencing homelessness, these socks are a small comfort that make a big difference. You can give a pair when you buy a pair and get 20% off your first purchase right now because you're a relevant podcast listener. Go to bombus.com slash relevant. That's B-O-M-B-A-S.com slash relevant to get 20% off your first purchase. One more time, bombus.com slash relevant. Well, Rick Warren is the founder and senior pastor of one of the largest churches in the U.S., Saddleback in Southern California. He's an author. You might have heard of The Purpose Driven Life, uh, mentor, spiritual leader in our generation. Uh, he's a, a longtime friend and mentor of me personally. Um, uh, behind the scenes, Rick Warren is one of the best, one of the absolute best. Um, we wanted to talk to him in this crazy season, uh, navigating politics, uh, COVID, COVID. Racial justice, uh, he brought the heat. Here is part of our conversation with Rick Warren. We are in an unprecedented political, uh, atmosphere right now. Um, you know, you and I have talked over the years about, you know, we are staunchly pro-life and that's from womb to tomb. And we are holistically whole life. pro-life, whole life. Exactly right. Yeah. You gave me that phrase. And and that's like at Relevant, that's what we talk about. That, that yeah. this is what Jesus talked about and yeah. we've put it into very clear kind of uh, structure. And, and like, it's very difficult to be partisan when you kind of have that biblical aesthetic um, and, You know, right now, it just seems like that kind of discussion of truly Christian worldview as it engages the political uh, machine and kind of working across the aisle Mm -hmm. for common good and and advocating is impossible. It is not a climate that this is even entertained. It's almost like the division has gotten worse and worse and greater and greater. And I'm just wondering your thoughts entering this political season and this election. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of Christians out there that we talk to that don't know what to do because they care deeply about pro-life issues, but they also define that differently. And they also look at character and they look at division and hatred. It's not the only issue out there. Right. And they look at, they look at racial justice and they look at other things. And
4: what what I see is a lot of people, uh, only care about black people if they're in the womb.
0: Hmm. They hmm. don't
4: care about black people once they're born. Hmm. They only wow. care about black people in the womb. Wow. And I'm going, no, 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 no. You got to care about that little girl after she's born. Right. Okay. You got to care about, you know, uh, You know. They're, they're only worried about uh, black children in the womb. And I'm going to go, no, no, that's a subtle racism and you just need to own up to it. Okay, I actually think, you know, it was, um, I think it was Einstein who said, racism is uh, the sin of white people. I actually disagree with him. Hmm. I've been in 164 countries. I think it's the most common sin in the world. No matter where you go, somebody, the Northern Italians don't like the Southern Italians. This tribe doesn't like this tribe. And it's, it's all about fear. That I'm, I feel like I have to put you down to build myself up, mm-hmm. and it, uh, because I don't feel good about me, I really don't want you feeling good about you, and it, it's all base fear based. And so, to me, uh, to, to to make uh, abortion trump every other issue, particularly when we have a clearly uh, 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 society that is funding or not funding, but. Um, uh, what I'm saying, giving permission to racism.
0: Mm.
4: Okay. And, and, and in the, in the debate, for instance, president Trump was, uh, um, uh, asked, can you disavow white supremacy? could do He it. wouldn't do it. Yeah. Okay. What are you doing? Then you are tacitly approving it. Right. Okay. You're tacitly approving. If you won't, there's a difference between disavowal and even disapproval. Right. He said, I disavow those guys. That's passive. Disapproval is they're wrong, right? Okay, they're wrong. Um, The main thing is two things. Christians today lack biblical discernment. They lack biblical discernment, so they're making decisions based on political values rather than biblical values. This is a real problem. This, This whole election, regardless who you vote for, has revealed that most Christians don't have a biblical worldview. They don't vote from a biblical worldview. They vote from a political worldview, and they and and their their belonging, their identity comes prim- primarily from politics.
0: There was a study that came out yesterday of of uh, self proclaimed evangelicals who are planning to vote in this election, yeah. uh-huh. and when they asked the primary um, uh, the primary issues that they're uh-huh. voting on. Uh-huh. Uh, I, it was shocking. 11% said pro life issues. Wow. This is stated evangelicals who were voting in this election. Only 11% were voting pro life. The vast majority was 26% said economic issues. Really? Yeah. And, and, and others, military and all that were kind of peppered in. But 11%, I always thought it was like an 80% thing, <laughs> you know, like, um, and so it's like now it's just you're right, it's just now partisan. It's just like yeah, it's
4: partisan. And, and it's it's my identity is tied to say the, the the Christian nationalism thing. The here's here's the problem. If somebody says, is Jesus right wing or left wing? Jesus said, I'm not either wing. Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were of this world, my servants would fight. Okay, my servants would fight, but I'm not having them fight because this is not the battle we're in. Okay, my kingdom is not in this world. I'm gonna actually do a message, you know, who knows what's gonna happen after the election. It may not even be decided for weeks or or whatever. It could be it's drawn out and it could be challenged on either side, blah, blah, blah. So uh, I've already planned the week after the election, I'm gonna do a message or will finish, James, called the, the unshakable kingdom. Hmm. And the bottom line, that's a phrase out of uh, of Hebrews, where he says, we have an unshakable kingdom, that my kingdom is not of this world, regardless whoever is in power, every dictator dies, every president gets out of office, the church goes on. And so we have an unshakable kingdom that we are called to, what we're called to do makes has no bearing on who gets elected. You know, I've said many times, it's not who we put in the White House, it's who we put on the cross that that really uh, is our savior. No politician is going to save us; right. they, they never will. And, and in, in many ways, it's kind of which hypocrite do you want to vote for?
0: I feel like so many Christians are scared if mm. the other side wins, we will lose our freedom, we will lose our right, right to this or that, whatever. Right. And it's like I'm trying to find where Jesus talked about. Protect your rights. <laughs> yeah, he always well, talked about you're going to be persecuted. You're yeah, going to be exactly. hated. Exactly.
4: You know, like exactly. Well, and here's the other thing too. Uh, I, how did a nation that's as free as America is become a nation where everybody, literally every single person, thinks they're a victim? Okay, <laughs> That's interesting. The, the left thinks they're victims. Okay, yeah. white supremacists think they're victims uh the christian right think they're victims uh you know socialists think they're victims (laughs) name one group that doesn't think they're a victim they every how in the world did we get in the freest country in the world and all of a sudden everybody thinks they're being victimized
0: so it's easy it's easy for a lot of our audience just to say both sides are wrong it's all corrupt yeah what does it matter i don't care you know I'm heavenly minded, so I'm not right, going to engage right. it, right? right but right. I don't feel like that's the answer either. What should, what what words of advice would you give to a 25 year old trying to navigate these political waters?
4: Well, uh, the first thing is realize that everything is more complex than politics makes it to be. Hmm. E- politics makes everything to be uh, this or that, A or B. There's no A to Z. Okay. And 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 every single if you if you listen to the in California we have propositions that people vote on. If you listen to these laws on on TV, you go, yeah, that makes sense. I'm going to vote that way. The next one that comes on, goes, no, I'm not going to vote that way. (laughs) It's it's the way they're framing it, which is telling me, okay, there's a lot more complexity here, and you have to decide what what's the higher value on each issue. And, and that, that means goes back to being discerning, being wise, uh, knowing, knowing scripture and knowing what does God value? Okay. What does God value? Well, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, there are over 2000 verses, uh, in the Bible about the poor. How did I go through Christian college, two Christian seminaries, get an earned doctorate without ever hearing anything about the poor except we ought to give to them? Nothing about how do you help the poor get out of poverty, things like that. Uh, Justice. Look up how many times the word justice used in the Bible, and yet we don't want to use that word. Liberty and justice for all. Uh, So uh, my, my big plea really is become more discerning.
0: My hero, Rick Warren. There's a lot more to that conversation and you will be able to experience it in the November issue of Relevant. Plus, we're going to be doing some other stuff on the site. We covered a lot. There's a lot more. Don't want to miss it. Give me some time alone. listening to Jimmy somewhere featuring Casey Hill the song is Jesus. Well, thank you to Rick Warren for joining us. There are so many places you can engage uh, the content that Rick uh, puts out, but one of them is on Instagram. You can follow him at pastor Rick Warren. Hey, while you're online uh, following people and checking out Rick Warren's amazing content, head over to RelevantMagazine.com. It's all new. We keep launching new stuff Uh, In fact, like I told you earlier, we just this week launched Relevant News. Not only it's kind of an evolution of Relevant Daily, the audio podcast, we're still doing an audio podcast, but uh, we are now in video as well. So check out Relevant News and other video content we'll be uh, doing over at relevantmagazine.com and check out the current September, October issue of Relevant Magazine. Maverick City Music's on the cover, the Avett Brothers, uh, Jordan Lee Dooley. There's a lot of great content over there. Relevantmagazine.com. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. And I'm Derek Miner. We will see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone.
5: Thanks for listening
0: to
4: The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at RelevantMagazine.com.
2: It's the hot list, hot list sizzling.
4: Relevant podcast network.